Welcome to this podcast series from the GSK SLE Educators Network for PrimeEd. Throughout this three-part series, we will be hearing from rheumatologist Dr. Sarah Sheikh and primary care physician Dr. Vera Oyabere on some of the major topics and challenges surrounding lupus care. These podcasts represent the opinions and experiences of the speakers and may not represent the views of GSK. This is a non-promotional disease education podcast intended for healthcare professionals only. This podcast is not intended to offer recommendations for administering GSK products in a manner inconsistent with approved labeling. In order for GSK to monitor the safety of our products, we encourage healthcare professionals to report adverse events or suspected overdoses to the company at 888-825-5249. Dr. Sheikh is a consultant for the GSK Educators Network, has served on advisory boards for GSK, Honoria Pharmaceuticals, AstraZeneca, and Lilly USA, and has received grant funding from Pfizer. Dr. Vera is a consultant for GSK. Today, Dr. Sheikh and Dr. Vera will be discussing the burden of systemic lupus erythematosus, or SLE, its prevalence, disparities, and impact on patients. Hi, everyone. I'm Sarah Sheikh. I am the Linda Coley-Sewell Distinguished Professor of Medicine at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. I'm board certified in internal medicine, rheumatology, and allergy and immunology. I'm the director of the clinical trials program at the UNC Thurston Arthritis Research Center, as well as the UNC Rheumatology Lupus Clinic. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Vera, and I am the CEO and founder of CaresMed Family Medicine um, in Katy, Texas. So to begin, we'll start with uh, what is SLE and who does disease mainly affect? And I'll, I'll leave that with you, Dr. Sheikh. Thank you, Dr. Vera. Systemic lupus erythematosus, or SLE, is a chronic and incurable autoimmune disease that affects mostly women, primarily in their reproductive years, with nine females affected for every male. The disease has a complex pathophysiology and its manifestations are heterogeneous, and this often leads to fatigue and physical and functional disabilities. The estimated prevalence of SLE in the United States is between 20 and 150 cases per 100,000. The rates appear to be increasing, which likely reflects diagnostic advances, meaning that patients who have milder disease are being detected and recognized more often. And the average patient with SLE is diagnosed at around age 30 years of age. One interesting aspect of SLE is the disparities that are seen between different types of patients in the prevalence and the outcomes of the disease. Dr. Vera, would you like to describe some of these disparities? So, of course, uh, one of the most notable disparities in increased rates of SLE among non-white populations and ethnic minorities, um, for example, the prevalence of SLE um, seen in African-American women is double of that of uh, white women. And so uh, we're seeing an increased prevalence, unfortunately, that also translates to a higher mortality among um, these groups, uh, of course, in comparison to white populations. 
Yes, in fact, when compared with Caucasian patients, those of African ancestry and patients from Asian, Hispanic, and Aboriginal populations also typically have an earlier onset of SLE and increased disease severity with more frequent and severe manifestations and a higher level of disease activity and greater organ damage. Across the board, there's higher morbidity and mortality. And interestingly, the types of manifestations that are seen also differ by ethnicity, with Hispanic and African-American patients tending to have more renal manifestations than white patients. And given that renal manifestations may lead to lupus nephritis and subsequently chronic kidney disease, there is a particular need to improve rates of early diagnosis among patients uh, from racial and ethnic minorities. Yes, I completely agree. And this kind of underlines the need for strong multidisciplinary approaches towards SLE diagnosis and care um, to make sure that these patients are detected and treated appropriately as early as possible. Do we have a good understanding of why these differences in, in, uh, between ethnicities exist? This is a complex topic because there are many factors that may work together to cause the disparities observed. Genetics seems to be one such factor, including you know, the combination of genetics and socioeconomic uh, factors and social determinants of health. And we know that there are some genetic risk variants for SLE, uh, particularly a variant that is commonly identified in sub-Saharan African genomes and associated with a 13-fold increase in case fatality rates. But there are many confounders that make it difficult to untangle the underlying causes. So yes, uh, socioeconomic statuses also play a role, and those with lower socioeconomic status have higher rates of SLE and LN, and therefore increased disease activity and then more adverse outcomes. However, studies focus on SLE with single ethnicity groups or studies that focus on single um, ethnicity groups also see that poverty and mortality do correlate. Uh, meaning that the impact of socioeconomic status is not always linked to ethnicity. Absolutely. And that leads us into another disparity that's seen in SLE, which is that of healthcare access. Poverty and lower financial status are linked to poorer SLE outcomes, as is lack of health insurance in the United States. This also ties in with education and cultural attitudes towards medication use and can also impact SLE outcomes and progression. For example, in the US, you see reduced medication adherence has been observed among African-American populations versus Caucasian populations with this link to poor outcomes. Inefficient communication between patients and the physicians, poor mental health and pill burden are often signs some of the barriers to medication adherence that we have to consider. Dr. Vera, from your clinical experience, which areas of a patient's life does SLE tend to impact the most? Are there unique challenges that lupus patients face, uh, particularly when it comes to interactions with the medical community? So that's a great question. Um, I'll kind of speak to the African-American ancestry specifically. In general, amongst this population, there is a distrust with the medical community at large. So I first have to identify those fears and concerns. Uh, and while addressing those fears, I see that there's more compliance once they kind of understand a little bit about the disease process. 
And then you see a reduction in the utilization of the ERs, um, urgent cares, um, and they, they find uh, more value to that personal experience with their primary care physician. So what has been your experience with these patients? Lupus, as we know, is a disease that can affect any part of the body from head to toe, really. There are things that you can see and touch and feel which are tangible. For example, when patients are experiencing things like uh, hair loss or uh, an impact on their skin and joints. And then there are internal organs that are affected, for example, the brain or the lungs, the heart, blood, kidneys. Um, and I think that really no two patients have the same brand of lupus or the same experience with their disease. And then I feel that lupus doesn't just affect the body. There are intangibles such as pain and fatigue and cognitive difficulty and patients report brain fog. So, you know, we see how lupus really damages a patient's sense of self whether it's from disfiguring skin disease or from the inability to get out of bed in the morning, I think it's really heartbreaking. And I find that my patients are often scared. They're afraid, they're fearful for themselves, they're fearful for their families, their ability to take care of their families, and most of all, they're fearful of the unknown. I think sometimes uh, patients are upset and angry and often frustrated all of which are really emotions that come with learning to cope with a chronic illness. I feel that our role as healthcare providers, whether subspecialists or primary care providers, is to help patients and their caregivers in this journey and to help move them from merely just surviving with lupus to really thriving with lupus. We recognize that patients with SLE have impaired level of function, and that affects multiple aspects of their daily life, including their activities of daily living. And patients report impairment in activities uh, which are vigorous life activities, even sleeping and working and going to school. We know that fatigue is prevalent across all racial and ethnic groups. Uh, so really, it doesn't matter which specific racial or ethnic group you're from, patients really are experiencing uh, fatigue across the board. We also know that SLE is associated with high levels of healthcare resource utilization, such as emergency room visits, as well as inpatient hospital stays. We know that there's a high burden of, of disease associated with SLE due to complications like lupus nephritis, which is involvement of the kidney. And we do definitely recognize that this burden is greater in certain racial and ethnic groups. We know that patients of Hispanic and African ancestry have more renal manifestations uh, of SLE compared to Caucasians, and they do experience greater morbidity as well as mortality from the disease. I want to kind of elaborate on the burdens from a primary care perspective. You really get to see that comorbidities uh, related to lupus and um, SLE, you really get to experience it with the patient when they're not just dealing with the SLE, they're having maybe issues with uh, mental health or their sleep is affected. They can't um, exercise like they used to. So really being a support to them so they can really um, find strength even through the disease process. Mm -hmm.